Hello, my beautiful sister. Thanks for being here. Today, we're going to chat about a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. If you feel like you do not have enough time to pour into your children in faith in the ways that you want to, then this is for you. We're going to go through 10 simple ways that you can raise your little ones to know and love Jesus and to keep Christ at the center of your family life, even as a busy working mama. The reason that I think this is so important, and I just really wanted to speak to this, is because I think it's so hard when we're working full-time, when we're in really demanding jobs, when we're just trying to manage, you know, maybe life in the military or just life as a, a busy mom, whatever your life looks like. I think it can be so hard to find the time to truly raise our children up as we desire to, as we feel like God is calling us to. Sometimes it's also easy to feel like our family is getting leftovers of us and we can worry maybe we're missing those opportunities to pour into them the ways that we want to. We're not doing enough to really ground them uh, in faith and values and our priorities. And I know in especially the early seasons of my life in the military with my little ones, I just wish I had more quality time as a family. And I still, you know, it's never, it's never quite enough, right? But I think sometimes I was really worried that others were raising them more than me, that, you know, life was just taking over and all these other commitments and obligations and demands and just even our busy schedules on a day-to-day -day basis left like no time to really pour into them in the ways that I, I really wanted to. And I was like, okay, I feel like I'm failing. I, and this is like the most important thing and I'm failing in this. And I was just like, okay, well, how can I be the mom that I want to be and also serve? Because I know God is calling me to this. I'm I'm at least still in a service obligation. So like I'm where he has me for a reason, but how am I supposed to integrate these two things together? And so maybe you, you know, try to go to church every Sunday and you're pretty faithful in that, but even that can feel hard, you know, with little ones, especially let alone how hard it can be to find the time to integrate faith into like everyday life, what that should look like and ways to do it when your children are little and they don't have the patience to like sit still necessarily while you read scripture. And, and sometimes that works, but, but sometimes we need more creative ways. Right. And so I just want to encourage you first in your heart and desire to be the mom that God is calling you to be in this sense and to really embrace that call to like steward these beautiful souls that God has entrusted to you. You are not failing. And today I'm going to just give you 10 simple tips that you can apply. So no matter how busy you are, you can really know that you're doing your part and you're doing your best to pour into your children in faith and to give them that strong foundation that will then carry over to the rest of their life. That you're planting these beautiful seeds that, you know, you can have faith that they will just bear fruit throughout the rest of their life. Okay, so we're going to go through 10 tips today. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace, and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. The first thing I wanna to just touch on is, it's not one of my 10 tips, but it's just a foundation that is just so critical. It's our own relationship with God first. So just keep saying yes to God's invitation to get to know him more deeply so he can get to know you more deeply, right? He's always pursuing you. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He loves you so much. So just meet him in prayer, meet him in his word, bring all your cares to him because he cares about you. So the more deeply you're grounded in your own faith and your love of Christ, the more naturally you'll be able to teach and raise your kids in faith. And, you know, I'm, I'm right here in the thick of this with you. And every single day, all of us are called to grow into this. So I don't have all this figured out, but 
these are some things that have helped me. And so I pray that they bless you today too. And they just give you some food for thought and some ideas that you can start integrating right away. And so helping our children know and love Jesus is going to flow from our own relationship with him. It's if it's who we are and all that we do. And if Christ is at the center of, in the way that we speak and you know, the way that we just lead our life, then it's going to be much easier and more natural for him to also be the center of our home and our family and, you know, our work and everything, right? Our relationships with our children, our relationship in our marriage. So tip number one is start small, start by integrating conversation, talking about God, talking about Jesus. So I want to give you an example here. I'm going to tell you a story of something that happened the other day. And this is what inspired me to actually do this episode because in a couple of my market research calls with a few of you that I oh, was just so blessed to connect with, this is something that, that was a struggle that you were just describing. It's like, you know, I have this heart for serving my family and raising my children in faith, but I feel like it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to be neglecting this, but it's just, my life is so busy. I don't really know how to fit this in. So this is just one thing that happened. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I really want to speak to this. I want to share this story. I want to speak to this, you know, challenge in our life because we're all in this together we're kind of swimming upstream in some ways against the world right and the world's throwing all these things at us and all the demands and all the distractions and and everything too so we got to keep ourselves rooted and keep our family grounded in faith the other day i had my workshop of goal setting with god so we ended at right afterwards i just moved right into getting our kids down to bed and we did the bedtime routine and so i'm laying on matthew's floor mattress uh, nursing william and cuddling with Matthew. And of course, you know, after I just had a hour and a half or so long call, Matthew just wanted some good quality time with me. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we really need to get them to bed, but it's all right. I'm going to just be flexible. And I just felt really compelled by that, by God in that moment to just affirm how much I loved him and how much I, I just loved being his mom and how especially he was to me. And so I just started telling him that, I mean, just affirming that in him and he received it so beautifully. It was just so heartfelt how he was receiving it. And Matthew is three and a half years old. He'll be four in April, just for context. And William is about 16 months old. And so Matthew just received it. And he's like, oh, mom, can you tell me more about that? Like, and I was like, about what? And he was like, how much you love being my mom? And I was, I was like, okay, sure. You know, and it was just like a really amazing, just side note, like witness to how to receive a compliment, you know, this innocent heart, not stained by insecurities, by a lack of belief that we're worthy of love and acceptance. Like he received it. And it's another confirmation of it's so beautiful how God made us and how we have been made so good in our uniqueness. And so I just want to share that with you because I think it's, it's hard for us to receive compliments sometimes as women and we almost don't even believe it ourselves, Right. So, yeah. So I just moved into kind of telling him all the things I love to do with him and I love about him, how incredible God made him, how God really made him for such an important reason. He was made on purpose for a purpose. And I was just affirming his identity in the Lord. And I think one of the big things that I took away from that moment was if I hadn't been willing to slow down, I was like, okay, we're already, you know, kind of a little bit later than I want them to go to bed. And I don't want them to be super tired in the morning, but this wouldn't have happened if I wasn't willing to slow down and to just have that conversation instead of brushing it off and saying, no, Matthew, it's time for bed. Like we're going to, we're going to be quiet. We're going to go to sleep. And so just allowing more room in the, in my heart to be present, to not be so rushed to get to the next thing or get him down to bed that I would, I would have missed the call of the moment. And so, you know, I think in our life, there's so many moments in there that God doesn't want us to miss, but we have to be willing to slow down enough to receive them. And I think that happens so often with our children, you know, and it's, yeah, it's so easy for us to get bogged down by our to-do list and all the things and trying to rush to the next place or, or thing to do or whatever it is, especially our bedtime routine. But are we missing those beautiful moments, you know? I had finished that and Matthew kind of was like, mom, can you tell me more about how God made me as a little baby? And sometimes we talk about this. We've talked about it in the past. And yeah, I just started talking to Matthew about 
how his life began at conception and how deeply loved he was by God and by us and how God made him. And I, I literally went into the specifics like, okay, you know, yeah, God, God made you and he made all of your 10 little toes and your 10 little fingers. And first, you know, I, mommy, mommy got to hear your beating heart and it was like the most beautiful thing to hear. And this was when you were only like five weeks old. He made your heart so that you can love. He made your ears so you can hear and your so you could think and so you can move and eyes so you can see and your nose so you can smell and hands so you can feel and like I just went through all his whole entire body and was just telling him how about how God made him I just loved how he was responding to it because he was just in awe and I just affirmed you know even in that moment of conception like we we had a lot of just a background right if you don't know my story of unexpected pregnancy with Matthew please go back and listen I think it was podcast episode four if I remember correctly was where I tell the story but a lot of mixed emotions around that I think no matter you know what your circumstances are around pregnancy it can be really it can be terrifying it can especially unexpected pregnancy right and so a lot of mixed emotions but at the same time he was so deeply loved he was so deeply loved by God and by us no matter what no matter how terrified we were no matter how afraid I was of disappointing so many people no matter how afraid I was of the cost of this life in addition to the gift of the life. And so, yeah, I just, I really affirmed, you know, God knew you then. You were you. He, had, he called you by name. You were a boy then. All your DNA was there. God knew. The count of the hairs on your head. I mean, it was just a miracle how he made you. And he was just soaking it all in. And I was just, it was so amazing. He was in such awe and wonder in that moment. And it was beautiful. And, and I think that, that to me is such a witness to was a reminder of how God calls us to be childlike, this posture of awe and wonder of the majesty of God and the true miracle of even our mere existence and how dignified our life is and how precious we are in his eyes and how precious our kids are in his eyes. When we are willing to slow down and we have those moments of connection, we don't miss the beauty of God's creation. So when I shared this story with one of my good friends and she had said, yeah, you know, schedules are so great, but the process is supposed to be beautiful too. Because I was, I was telling her, I was like, if I was so strict on this schedule that night, like we wouldn't have had that moment. I would have missed it. I just give you that, that example because it's a, it started with a simple, simple conversation, right? It's, it was starting small and just talking about God, talking about Jesus, talking about who our child is in God's eyes and who they are in our eyes. And it doesn't have to be, you know, super in depth, but just that's, that's how it, you know, kind of played out for us. So that was just something I wanted to share from the heart because it was, it meant so much to me. And, you know, Matthew, then the next morning we were so blessed. I went really early to a workout at 5 a.m. after I finished nursing William back down to sleep. And then uh, Matthew was still sleeping. And then I went and did my workout and I went to my formation. And then I came back home and I got to have some quality time with them. And William was still asleep, luckily. And then Matthew had just woken up. So I got to cuddle with him for a while. And he brought it up again. And we talked about it more. And he wanted to see, like, you know, what does the umbilical cord look like when it was attached to me? And how did all that work, you know, when you were nourishing me in your body and your tummy and and so I got to show him a picture of that I got to show him this beautiful beautiful video he then wanted to watch over and over and over again that showed exactly how he was made from the very beginning and how you know he grew every single part of his body grew and so we got to I got to show that like visually to him I think an incredible opportunity in my eyes to really affirm you know the the truth that life our life does begin at conception because 
that's when God made us and he, again, he knows us by name then. I'm just afraid that those are the kinds of things that plant seeds that will carry over through the rest of his life. So he just knows his God-given worth and his identity that he can then share that also with his family as he pours into his family down the road and all of those things. And if you want to see this video or share this video with your children, it's this beautiful, very realistic animation of how the progression of life happens through the womb until the baby's born. And it's, if you look up baby Olivia from liveaction.org, you'll see, you'll find this video and it's just the most incredible, incredible miracle. It reminds you, it's like, wow, the gift of life and the miracle of life. And so I don't think there's anything that can help you appreciate God more than just a miracle that life is, right? All right, number two is to prioritize and carve out time for moments of connection and deep presence to pour into them. So, you know, my example that I just gave is a, a good witness to this and making sure that we embed those into our daily routine in, in little ways. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It can just be five minutes, you know, where we are willing to slow down. We are willing to like get to the heart of, of our children or, you know, even our spouse, right? Like those things should be happening, but it's, it's so easy to be so rushed and to miss those. But if we have that posture of receptivity to those moments, then it's going to be easier to carve out space for them. And we just, we don't want to miss the most important thing in our life because we're so worried about everything else or we're so stressed about remember just getting everything done or you know preparing for the next day or whatever it is we we don't want to miss the life in front of us right and so take that moment and zoom in to be really present and you know reduce distractions in the ways that you need to whatever it is for you that's going to help you to take advantage of those little moments in simple ways to just deeply connect and then some specific things that we can do to slow down. Maybe it's reading. If you have some, I think all of us should have, hopefully, you know, at least a little bit of integrated reading time for our children in the day. Maybe it's just reading one or two little stories right before we go to bed or something like that. I think it's just so good for their development, but it's also a way we can pour into them in faith. So maybe it's, you know, looking at the books that we're reading them. Are we reading them, you know, children's versions of the Bible or like children's um, Bible stories? You know, those those things I think are so incredible. If you, if you have a routine of telling your children a story as they're going down to sleep. I mean, Matthew keeps, he, I always cuddle with him down to sleep. I've done that since he was a little baby and I, I also sleep with my children. And so Matthew is now a little bit older where he has his own room and he'll still come get me in the middle of the night a lot of times and I'll go back to cuddle with him and then I'll jump back over to William when he wakes up again. And so I'm like back and forth between the rooms. And again, my husband's out uh, stationed apart from me. And so it's just me doing all this, but I, I love it. I love being there for them and it's really important to me to be there for them. And God gives me a lot of grace in even even getting very broken sleep and still having energy. And, um, and I think a lot of that is also due to just taking care of myself in other ways, but I just, I really, really prioritize responding to them in the ways that they need and just being there for them no matter, no matter what. And so with, yeah, with cuddling them down to sleep, it just provides a beautiful chance to connect no matter how crazy our day was, no matter if we had some difficult moments together, no matter if we kind of need to repair, it gives a chance to repair and restore. It also gives a chance to pour into them. It gives us a chance to pray together. It gives us the chance to, you know, tell a story. And so in that moment where telling stories, that's a great chance to tell even just a parable from the Bible. I mean, Jesus is so good at telling stories that like we understand as, as humans, right? And so the other day, for example, I was telling Matthew the story of the lost sheep and like what that, what, how that is a 
really a testament to Jesus's relationship with us and how like we, we are the lost sheep and sometimes we go astray and, and Jesus comes and finds us and because he loves us and he's not going to, you know, abandon us. And, you know, Matthew's like, I don't go the wrong way or, you know, I'm not, I don't get lost. And I'm like, oh, sometimes we do. We really do. You know, we don't, we don't always make the best choices or um, sometimes we do get lost and, and we need God to help find us again and to, to bring us back to him. And so just having that ability to have that back and forth conversation, even as you're telling these stories, it's just, it's such a simple thing. And it's very natural for, you know, our children to love stories, to latch onto stories and to embrace that. And, and for us as adults too, it's a way that we deeply connect. It's a way that we share wisdom through the generations. And so God knew that when he gave us his word, right? in the Bible. And so, you know, something you can do is just as you're doing your own scripture reading time, your own prayer time with God, dig into some of those stories and then, you know, see which ones you feel called to share with your children that they might understand it down to their level. And then there's so many good resources out there, right? Just children's versions of the Bible for all different ages. Another one could be if your children are at an age where a devotional would be appropriate for them. There's some children's devotionals for, I'd say probably more around ages five and up, you know, that might be a good time frame to start a devotional practice as a family a couple times a week or even every day. Again, start small, start wherever you're at, and then build from there, build momentum from there. Okay, number three, tip number three is begin making your routine. So, you know, gave you some tips here, gave you some ideas, but think about how do you want to anchor prayer into your daily life? How do you want to you know, anchor prayer into maybe your meals before bed, uh, maybe when you wake up or your kids wake up. It's so cute because even the little ones when they're a toddler, like they start to learn the prayer too. And they, you know, love saying amen and all those kind of things. It's adorable. I just go through a series of prayers that we repeat before bed. And so we're, we're Catholic. So we do a few of the kind of traditional Catholic prayers. So we do our father, Hail Mary. We do the St. Michael prayer, which basically is, is protection in spiritual warfare. That's what it is. We pray for anyone who has passed away. We do the traditional eternal rest prayer. Actually, that has spurred some really amazing conversations. One time Matthew asked me, I remember it was like a week where he asked me continuously to explain the Our Father prayer to him. So I literally went line by line the Lord's prayer and explained, what does this mean? And I can tell you from experience, and many of you probably have similar experiences. If your child asks you, you know, why, which our children ask us why a million times when they, you know, start to become the age where they're starting to have those questions. It's such a good exercise in our own faith. If we can break it down to the level of a child, it's, it just, means that we understand it really well, right? And so I think it does encourage us to go deeper even in our own understanding if we can simplify it enough um, to explain it. And so that was a really, it was just really cool. And he, again, he's soaking it all in. Yeah, just number three is begin making your routine. Decide on what that looks like and start embracing it. And your children are going to love it too. And, you know, sometimes they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to do it, but just be consistent with it anyways. It's going to be, again, it built into their sense of safety, security, and their like love for those rhythms and routines as a family. All right. Number four is to then take that a step further. And maybe it, that routine, that simple routine that you start off with becomes a deeper family practice of appropriate. So again, discern if this is right for your family. So maybe it's daily Bible reading together. Maybe it's that devotional, maybe it's praying, you know, more prayers together or praying the rosary together. Again, if you're Catholic, when I haven't been as diligent about prayer before meals or prayer with Matthew at night, I, I definitely 
feel God convicting me to okay, get back on track here, you know? And so even it was like a couple of weeks ago, I dedicated some time on a Friday night to go pray at church. I didn't have the kids with me. I just, I was like, okay, I really need some personal time with God. And I went and I actually went to go to confession, go to reconciliation. And then unfortunately I just missed the timing for it. And so I was like, okay, well I get to pray and be in God's presence. And I had about 30 minutes of deep prayer time. And it was just beautiful because I was just bringing my sins to the Lord, all the things that I did and I failed to do. And just like line by line, like God was just really just pouring into me with his word like literally scripture was coming to me for every single one of those things that i was repenting of and asking for forgiveness and and just turning turning my heart back to him and recommitting to doing better in as a mother and just as a person right and it was amazing because one of the things was like okay i've fallen off track and consistency a little bit with some of these simple things like prayer before meals or whatever we just sometimes if we're on the go it's like when i was diligent with it or whatever but I want to be very intentional with it, right? And to stick with it. I want to, even when it's hard, like that's what we're called to do. We're called to be persistent. And God just gave me the scripture in that moment, raise them up in the ways they should go. That, like that's, that's the scripture that was coming to me. It was Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And it was just, it was good affirmation, good confirmation that yes, Megan, this is what I'm calling you to do and, and you can do it. I'm giving you what you need to do it. Okay, William just woke up, so I'm going to pause and come back to you in a few minutes when I get him situated. All right, William's now with me, so we'll see how he does. <laughs> I just got him a little plate of food. So above all with all of this, I, I really just hope that it gives you some hope that you can do it, you know, in that I'm with you in this and I'm with you in the struggle and I don't have it all figured out. I fall short every single day, but at the same time, these are some things that I've, I've figured out that can work to integrate it into daily life, you know, even when it's hard, even when we don't have a lot of time. And so that's what I pray that it can be for you. All right. Number five is lead by example. So model, help them learn what, you know, what and why and what it looks like to keep Christ at the center of your life. Let them see you praying or in prayer. Don't be afraid to include them even when it's messy, even when, you know, you're like, oh, I really wish I could have some quiet time just myself and put maybe it's just, you know, not as much in the cards in this season of our life. And so give witness to what it looks like to just lead a life with the Lord in and, and through Christ and give them a window into your heart and how you invite God into your life. That can be done in so many ways, but just even in little ways, leading by example, modeling, and then having those conversations about, you know, what we do and why we do it. Number six is take them to church, even when it's hard even when it's messy, even when it feels like a absolute battle every single time, even when they don't sit still or listen, even when they're super squirmy, even when they're loud. Sometimes it can be easy to feel like we don't really get much out of church when we're wrangling little ones. It doesn't always feel like the most peaceful time. And sometimes it feels more draining and filling. And I know all of us, you know, we want to go to church longing because we're longing for God to fill us. We want to be filled with peace with renewed souls to be refreshed, but it's easy to just feel like exhausted and discouraged afterwards because it's like, oh, I can't even ever focus on anything that's actually happening. I missed the whole homily or sermon or, you know, all we're doing is dealing with our kids and, and feeling distracted by it. It's easy to wonder if it's even worth it trying to take them, but I just want to remind you and, and encourage you, you know, if you're in the thick of it, like I am, especially because I'm wrangling them by myself without Tim here. I mean, Jesus is always worth it. He welcomes all of our brokenness and messiness. So just come as you are. Do not worry about judgment from others. You know, let go of any embarrassment or shame. It's, it's on them. It's not on you. You know, if they feel a certain way about your kids, how our church receives us and our children, obviously when they're being difficult or when they're at the ages where they don't really sit still, you know, um, in the pews, it, it makes a huge difference in whether we feel welcome 
to come and to bring our families. But even if we don't feel like it, God always wants us there. Our, our churches, you know, no matter how true and present God is in them and how much grace flows through them, like it's still a made up of broken human beings, you know, and also a institution that works through humans and we are imperfect. So God is perfect, but we are imperfect. So we're not, we're not going to all receive, feel received as, as God receives us, but we can just remember that God wants to receive us there. He loves all of you. He loves all of your children. There's so much grace that he wants to give us, even in just showing up. So even if we're not yet seeing the fruit of that, those seeds are being planted, you know, for our children. So keep trusting him in that. And I, I really believe if this is something that helps me that when I am struggling with this, if the church isn't crying, it's dying. So if we're not hearing babies crying in church, then that's a sign that the church is dying because babies, our families, you know, bringing our little children to church, like that is, that is a testament that through all the struggles together, we're raising this next generation to love and to serve the Lord and to follow him. And that is no easy feat in today's world, right? We all know that. God says, Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not prevent them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He does not want us to prevent our children in any way from coming to him. And so let, let them come, come, you too, come. That's what he's saying to you. Come to me, come to me and I will give you rest. No matter what he wants us to come to him. And that includes in church, even when it's hard. And so I just encourage you in that, you know, it's, it's easy to be like, ah, uh, you know, it's easier to just watch church virtually or whatever it is, but no, like go be in God's presence and, and show your children that's important and that it's worth prioritizing. It's worth persevering in, even when it's hard. And even when it's inconvenient, it's never convenient to follow God. It's never convenient to pick up our cross and follow him. It takes sacrifice. That's the truth. But that sacrifice is worth it. And God sees you in the sacrifice. He honors you in it. And he, it, this will matter. It will, it will matter. And that, that sacrifice, anything that we give him, our humble offering that we give to him, it matters for eternity. It matters for eternity. So don't forget that. Okay. Number seven is just meet our children where they're at in maturity and understanding too. So, you know, through the conversations, through the way that we're raising them in faith, just notice, take note of the natural curiosity and then follow their interests. So I can tell you, even with my babies, you know, I, I always make sure that I teach them like first and foremost to identify Jesus. Jesus on the cross, Jesus on the crucifix. William, at the age of 15 months, knows Jesus. He will say Jesus. When I ask him when we're in church, William, can you find Jesus? He will look and he'll find, he'll fix his eyes on the crucifix at the front of our church and he'll point and say Jesus. And yes, it, it's just amazing. They, they can learn so much even from such a young age. I can give you another example of Matthew when he was, this was like two and a half years old maybe he wanted to walk around the outside of our church had the stations of the cross and these beautiful images of each of the stations of the cross of when jesus was going through and carrying his cross up to be crucified and it's just it's so it's it's heartbreaking it's powerful it's witness to the story of our faith right and Matthew, at a young age, he was like, mommy, what's, what's happening in this one picture where Jesus was carrying the cross and he was kind of stumbling and falling down under the weight of the cross. And I just, you know, explain, you know, Jesus is, is carrying the cross and, and Matthew goes, it's really heavy. That's what he told me. He said that out loud. And I was like, yes, it is really heavy, you know, and it was just his observation of that was just such a powerful reflection back to me of 
the true sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And that's the weight of our sins that he's bearing there with the cross. And wow, I mean, it was just like, it just brought me back to, to just this amazing, amazing sense of, again, gratitude, like this deep gratitude for what Jesus did for us. And from the mouth of babes, like we just have this beautiful ability to receive, again, childlike faith from our children just to be, I mean, they teach us so much more than we teach them, I feel like as mothers. And so I think that's really neat. I mean, Matthew's at the stage now where he's very fascinated by, you know, he's, he's, he, I feel like a typical boy who's like, I want to be a soldier. I want to fight. You know, it's like, um, battles are really interesting to him. And so, you know, one thing that he loves is like the, yes, little love, (laughs) the imagery of, um, you know, in our churches, we have imagery of like St. Michael. We have the, the stained glass windows. We've got St. George and the dragon. So like Matthew loves acting that out. And I play that with him sometimes and it's really cool. And so I think even at this early age, he's fascinated with this battle between good and evil. And, you know, sometimes he asks these super hard, deep questions that really help solidify my own understanding. Because yeah, again, if I can break it down to a three-year-old, we really have a good understanding of the why behind our faith, you know? And so I think that's a really, really neat thing. So just, yeah, follow their natural curiosity and and pour into them in those areas. Number eight is to affirm their virtue and their goodness in addition to, you know, whatever we're doing to kind of guide or correct them and, and teaching them. So one second, let me help William. Okay. He just needed more Cheerios. Okay. Um, so yeah, affirming their virtue. And so something that, a simple example is whenever we're waiting for something, we're waiting in line or, you know, it's hard to be patient. And of course, you know, our, our kids, especially the toddlers are like, okay, I want it now. I want whatever it is now. And, and that's a moment where we can be like, you know, it is really hard to wait, but you know, we, we have to learn to be patient and patience is difficult, but it's important, you know, and, and this is why another one is sharing or like thoughtfulness, kindness, empathy, helpfulness, just affirm them when they're living these things out in addition to helping them be stretched in them. Right. Cause that's what moral life is all about. That's what, that's what living our faith in real life is about, is how we are exemplifying God's love through just our character and our virtues and how we treat other people and just the way we go about our life, right? And so we can affirm, yeah, it's really hard to live these things out. It's really hard to grow in these things, but we can. Another example is Matthew was learning how to ride his bike. We had this big hill that, that was in the front of our house. He had to learn to go uphill a little bit. And, and so I was helping push him in the back, but he, you know, it's too hard. I can't, I can't mommy. And he was in this stage where he was saying, like, I can't a lot. I was teaching him. We can. We, we can do things that are hard. And when we have a hard time doing it ourselves, then we can ask for help from other people. We can ask for help from God. And then we can have more strength to do something that's really hard, you know? And so just even breaking things down, right? Like to, to that kind of conversation, affirming them in virtue, affirming their goodness, affirming when they're, you know, really in, embracing and embodying that and then helping them to develop in it. So that's also raising them in faith. So I just want to affirm that. Number nine is modeling mercy and grace for them. This really starts with, hi, speaking of which, my son just woke up. It's really owning up to our own imperfections. They don't need a perfect mom. You know, we oftentimes have this, so many expectations of ourselves of we have to be perfect and that's what they deserve and all these things. But no, like they don't need a perfect mom. They just need to know that they can take their imperfections to God and in their brokenness to God and give it all to him. And that in their weakness, that's when they're made strong in Christ and God's power is made perfect there. And so we can model that and we can also model 
what forgiveness looks like. We can teach them the language of forgiveness, of asking for forgiveness and tying it all back to God's mercy and grace. And so that's in all those simple moments of when, you know, when you have a hard time being the mom that you want to be, when you have a hard time being patient with your kids, when you yell at them, those moments that you're not your best. Yeah, a little love. <laughs> you want to come up here too and sit on my lap? <laughs> yeah, just model forgiveness for them and show them what God's grace and mercy looks like in real life. We're the first witnesses to that. We don't have to be perfect, so take that pressure off of yourself. God never asked that of us. All right, number 10 is don't give up when it's hardest, when it's inconvenient, when it's unpopular, when it means we have to rearrange our priorities. It should, right? Jesus wants us to give him everything, not just our leftovers. And so real life has yeah, lots of demands on us, but give, make sure we're giving God our first fruits, our best. We're giving everything we've got to him. So I want to encourage you, it doesn't have to be this compartmentalization of our faith. It doesn't have to be, you know, we, we live our life and then we go to church on Sundays, but it's it needs to be an integration. It should be an integration. And that's the way that we can think about it. And it's going to encourage you to be creative in how you live it out. Mm-hmm. Can you walk over this way? So yes, less of a compartmentalization and more of an integration. All right, those are my 10 tips for you. I pray that that blessed you today. And if this is encouraging to you, if this gave you some hope, it gave you some new ideas, then I also encourage you to share it with a friend so you can really support each other in that too. I would love to hear if any of these particularly resonated with you. Please feel free to reach out to me at any time at megan at armtotheheart.com. And if you haven't already left a review and a rating for this podcast, please do. It helps get it. Oh, you're speaking to. It helps get it out to more women who need it. So can you tell them? Can you leave a review if you like the show? Can you encourage them to do that? See, you can't turn down Matthew, so there you go. All right, my friend, I love you. I'm praying for you, lifting you up. This is a battle, but it's worth fighting.